You have the questions, and we are searching for the answers. We will take big ideas and break them down while trying to understand the phenomenon. We are Jill and Joe, and this is The Conspiracy Collective. Hi, everyone. This is Jill and Joe, and this is The Conspiracy Collective. This is our first episode, and I thought that we could sort of introduce ourselves and get to know let you guys know what we are about and why we decided to start this podcast. Um, So Joe, why don't you tell us a little bit about what makes you interested in this, these sort of topics? Well, I think like most people, when I was younger, um, I was fascinated by things that I couldn't explain. Uh, I've always been drawn to it. I can remember when I was young, sitting in my aunt's living room, reading a book about random unexplained mysteries, and it kind of just caught my attention from there. And ever since then, I've always been pulled to it, interested by it, anything that we can't explain, anything that requires questions above and beyond of us just accepting the reality. So it's always been a thing for me. Right. And you've done a lot of reading and you buy a lot of books and you do a lot of research on a multitude of different subjects because it's not just one subject that interests you. But I mean, it's a whole collective from Tesla to what we're going to talk about tonight, Bigfoot, to just a plethora of different unexplained subjects from even um, what like... um, consciousness and um aliens and what universal consciousness right well yeah there's a lot that comes into play um when you start looking at different things um you'll it'll start to branch out really fast you'll you'll learn about different subjects different ideas different thoughts there's there's a lot of people that have a lot of ideas and opinions about different subjects um a lot of it will lead you to things like consciousness um what some call the uh, hive mind a singularity the singularity mm-hmm. uh we're all basically uh essentially tied together through a single conscious mind and that points to various scientific tests that have been conducted over the years but yeah it all kind of just once you start looking into one thing and you really start to explore it deeper, it branches out pretty quickly into a whole other um, set of right. subjects that you really weren't anticipating. Right. So it's like a total rabbit hole. That we're oh, gonna totally. Okay. And I mean, for me, I think that my, um, my uncle was really, really interested in these topics and that's who I grew up with. And so when I was really little, like I, was exposed to a lot of different um, phenomenons and different ideas and different thought processes and looking for answers to things that I think back, you know, like when we were growing up back in the seventies, like it kind of, it wasn't such like a hot, like it was kind of a hot topic. Like you were sort of looked at kind of strange if you were like, Oh yeah, I believe in aliens or, Oh yeah, I believe in Bigfoot. It was sort of like 
it was coming around to that, but um, it was sort of like a, I think it was kind of like a hush, 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 hush subject. So that made I would say right? it was all very, very taboo mm-hmm. back then, even coming up in the 80s. And you know, yeah. now things are starting to evolve and, and people are getting more into it and learning more about it. And you're not looked at it like you're a weirdo because there's a lot of scientific information out there that backs up some of these things that are happening um but yeah it was very taboo it still is today but i think it's becoming more mainstream and right as a civilization we're evolving more and and becoming more interested in these types of things because there are explanations out there that we're not getting right um, any number of things but yeah there's there's definitely more attention than there was before so I think it's important for us to talk about all of those things and um, kind of break it down. You have a strength in the ability to go a lot deeper and um, a lot further with your explanations. So I think that that will give everyone a um, a deeper look into these topics that I think a lot of people think are more surface, but when you really get down deep into it, you really have a really good understanding of what that looks like. So I think for everyone that's going to be listening, they're going to, you all are going to learn so much more because you're going to be able to take it a step deeper. And I think that it also, even for me, it makes me want to um, learn more than what we're told just through, um, you know, like through Hollywood or through society, like just sort of like the bare minimum, you've dug really deep and um, it's going to give everyone something to think about. So. Well, I don't know that I'm a professional, but I I like to ask questions. Um, Right. But you have a whole other way of explaining it and a whole other deeper thought process than most do. So that will give everybody kind of something extra to listen to. We'll definitely give them something to chew on. Yep. Okay, so I think that um, we sort of collectively decided that we were going to talk about Bigfoot tonight because, um, what, there's some movement on that that's going on right now? Well, I think me and you were big on um, synchronicities and when things pop up, you kind of just follow it and see where it leads you. Mm-hmm. And I think you had hit on this and I saw some other stuff that started popping up. Um, there's a lot of mainstream play about Bigfoot currently. Um, okay. I think there's like two schools of thought. Some believe it's a cryptoid. It's, it's, a, it's a forgotten species that still roams you know forests but that somehow manages to be undetected okay another school of thought is that it is somehow an entity that um, can come and go at will um, that morphs in and out of our uh, consciousness I guess I don't even know how to explain it our, our physical mm-hmm. reality it can right. come and go at, at will um, so yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of um, there's some new movement on it there's a new movement 
much bigger than I was before where you had people hanging out in trees, but it's starting to change and morph <laughs> into something different. Right. Well, I think before we get too deep in it, I think we should go back and talk about um, where it all originated from. Yes. So I um, did a little bit of research and I kind of wanted to find out where this whole Bigfoot phenomenon started. And I found some stuff about a journalist who worked for the Humboldt Times and um, he had received a letter from some loggers in Northern California and they had discovered some big footprints. And in September of 1958, he wrote a column and he wrote an article and included the letter from the loggers and he published it. And he kind of thought it was a joke and he thought, okay, this is going to make a good Sunday morning story about a mysterious footprints that were found um, in Northern California. And um, he dubbed the article and it was called the snowman. The, is this a relative of the snowman of the Himalayans? Um, but what he didn't know is that it fascinated the readers and a bunch of more articles started popping up about it and that's sort of how this they called it they called him the wild man first of all and um that's how the myth originated in america but if you go back a little bit further and you dig through some newspaper articles and you start looking through I mean, Bigfoot has a bunch of different names, right? Like there's Sasquatch, which I guess originated from Western Canada, from an Indian tribe. Um, and they called him um, Sasquatch. And um, there's a bunch of scattered reports about a wild man and a bunch of different sightings that were um, across America. Right. And then they time into the Gigantopithecus and... Mm -hmm. You know, then you have... Uh, like a prehistoric thing, right? Right, yep. Because they had giant ape men, right? I just looked that up the other day about... We were looking at dinosaur stuff, and so there's like this huge, gigantic ape, sort of like King Kong. So I was thinking, okay, so is that like a... Is this something that maybe he could have derived from? I don't know. It's tough to say. But yeah, the Bigfoot phenomenon has been going on for quite some time. Um, like I said, some think it's a, a physical, actual being mm -hmm. related to the Gigantopithecus, which was a, a, an old extinct fossil that they found a long, long, long time ago. Um, but then you also have in the 70s where you got a whole bunch of hoaxers that came in to the midst and tried to build their own um, and, stories around it. Well, and I guess the general, like there was a general sort of open discussion more about um, Bigfoot in the 1950s. And then there was a TV show that was offering $1,000 to anyone that could prove its existence. So it was a big thing in the 50s. But then, like you were just saying, in the 1970s, they sort of turned um, Bigfoot and this whole phenomenon into they did a lot of documentaries and investigating its existence and there were some films, but 
it took on a whole other thing where they sort of made him into like this sexual predator. Mm. And that was the theme of the 70s with Bigfoot. And then in the 80s, he kind of developed a softer side. And um, remember that movie, Harry and the Hendersons? Yes. Yeah, big fan. Right? So like growing up, I always sort of thought that Bigfoot would was sort of like a look from the background if you don't mess with it he won't mess with you he's kind of just hanging out in the in the wilderness more afraid of you than you are of it and um even almost kind of lightweight like in the scooby-doo cartoons where there was um the abominable snowman i always kind of thought okay they must be like related somehow and i think in my mind i always sort of thought Bigfoot was just this like really soft um, passive creature that just hung out in its own environment and um, was nothing to be concerned about. Right. Um, just hanging out in the trees just kind of wandering around playing with right. rocks. Totally. Banging on tree trunks. Yeah. There's, yep. there's a lot of people that think that you know he's just kind of hanging out like a deer. Right. Um, yeah, because that's what's portrayed in the media right um, but now this newer movement right so now we're in um, our decade what what's going on with that what is so that? like you said the 70s and the 80s people were looking at bigfoot as just you know creature that's running around but you started to get a lot of people that were going into the forest like legit spending time in these areas um Hunting and just like hanging out there, like camping. I say the best way to, well, for the, the serious Bigfoot hunters, I think what they do is they, for the most part, go into an area to try and just experience it because it's like a ride, I mm-hmm. guess you could say. Um, this has been going on for thousands of years, I believe. And the um, native cultures, they all have uh experiences with them um okay what they do good what they'll do is they go in and set up shop in the forest hang out see what happens and there's a lot of things that happen and there's a lot of stuff that occurs in bigfoot prominent areas where you go and you can hear and see and experience certain things well, and I just looked that up too. Um, I guess okay. So across America, Washington State has the highest percentage of Bigfoot sightings. Um, right. And I guess there's a place called Ape Canyon um, that they've named after it, um, like the Ape Man. That's another name for mm-hmm. it. Next to um, California, and then Pennsylvania. Michigan, New York, Ohio, Oregon, and then East Texas, I guess there's an area that borders um, Louisiana and Oklahoma that's supposed to be, there's supposed to be a lot of sightings in that area as well. And typically you're dealing with heavily wooded areas, mountainous areas. Okay. Um, Where you'll normally, well, it's said you go into these areas and if it's a, a Bigfoot hotspot, if you you know want to call it that, um, you'll find anomalies. 
there. What? You'll find trees that are bent over and pointing in certain areas. You'll find um, stacks of rocks, little, you know, creative little stacks of rocks. Um, you'll find a bunch of stuff that you wouldn't normally see in a standard wooded forest. Like you'll sit back and you'll look at it and you're like, there's no way snowfall could have created this type of structure from the trees. You know, heavy snow mm-hmm. landing on a tree, bending in a certain way. There's just, just no way. Okay. Like you'll see a giant 12 foot tree basically leaned over and a bunch of stacked around it. And it's just mm-hmm. something had to have set it that way. Okay. So when these people, when these Bigfoot hunters go into the forest, are they there to um, observe or are they there to interact or are they there to hunt it? Well, I'm sure you have some of the guys that are jumping on the history channel or certain other places that are like trying to get a lot of attention by hunting it. But there are some people that like go in there just to experience it because they, are skeptical of it they go in there they experience certain things and then they want to find answers to what they experienced um i think some of the some of the things are you'll hear um like wood limbs being smacked against trees that you know a deer's not going to do that so do you think um, some of them, observing them while it, while they are trying to observe them at the same time? Like, do you think that they are, first of all, do you think that they're intelligent? They must be to some degree. Um, they're, they're, they're doing things in such a fashion that they are trying to get some attention, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. without being without seen. Causing too much attention, right? Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're, they're intelligent to some aspect because they are doing some really interesting things mm-hmm. like trackers back in the day, I've heard a story where trackers would leave marks on trees, would bend a tree a certain way. So when someone else would come by, they would know that, Oh, don't go here. Oh, there's water over here. And they have a lot of these uh, similarities with what they do. Um, but you'll have like Les Stroud, for instance. He's a the Survivor Man. Okay. He did the Survivor Man series. Okay. Um, put him in the middle of the woods. He'll find a way to live. Um, very intelligent man. Super smart from Canada. Very skeptical. But he spent many, many months in the woods, and he would ex- have these experiences. Like he would hear noise. He would hear um, those branches being smacked on trees he would hear all these different things and he couldn't explain it he's been there for umpteen times you know doing the survivor man series and he's just experienced stuff that he cannot explain so he did his own series where he went out and he tried to look and find and get evidence of this um never actually i don't think saw one but um documented a bunch of stuff that was occurring to him and this has happened to other people, so it's not new. It's not just him. It's, right. it's a phenomenon. Why do you think it is that he could never see anything? You have an interesting take on that. So what, tell me about that. So um, I'll bring in another name, uh, David Politis. He does a lot of research uh, regarding 
missing people in certain areas like national forests and whatnot. Right. So he's he's another very skeptical person and he'll never say, oh, it's a big fur, it's this or it's that. He just collects data and delivers the data. Right. But you know he has a theory. He's got a theory, but he's not gonna he's not gonna throw it out. Right. Um but he's done a ton of research. So then you have Les Stroud, David Politis, um, and a bunch of others. David Politis, but he was a he's ex he's an ex cop, right? Yeah, he was a cop. Yeah. Um, he was an investigator of some sort. Right. Um, very, very smart man. He's we're gonna, and more we're than eight books. Talk about some of his stuff right. in future episodes. But so I bring that up because one story he had. Yes, yeah. Uh, one story that he had mentioned was he had um, this really smart scientist say that his wife had had an incident uh, where she was up in a tree and she was hunting. Okay. And she was saw something out of the corner of her eye, um, but couldn't make out what it was, but basically saw it go from tree to tree or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. But she could not explain what it looked like or what it was. Um, but she tried to explain it to her husband. So her husband pulls out the movie The Predator, pops the tape in, and shows the Predator in this camouflage, basically like it's 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 shifting like you can't see it looking looking into a mirror right um and she saw that's exactly what i saw that's what i saw when i was out there so now we got to wonder what what is that right people are having these these experiences they can't find it they don't know what it is Um, there's no record of it there's no bones right what is it what what could it be so you pull yourself back out of, you know, the the people that are recording dudes in suits. Mm-hmm. You pull yourself away from that and you take a fresh look at it. Like, what is going on? How are we having these physical effects in the forest and nobody's seeing anything, but they feel and know something is there? So then you take a bigger picture, you look at all the sightings, all the stuff that's going on, all the anomalies, the phenomenon in general, right? And you come across things like Skin Rocker Ranch, and you come across things like uh, Mothman and all these other things. So how is this occurring? What is it that enables something to shift in and out of our perceived reality? What could that potentially be? So what if this is an, a, a species of some sort that can shift in and out of our reality and it it's here with us it, it shares the same space with us but it can at will come and go as it decides you know and then what if what if there are multiple species of this type of animal or this type of thing right. that are occurring all throughout the United States or globally. Right. So you think to yourself, you know, and I just asked the question, like, what, what could this be? Why is it able to maneuver, uh, maneuver through the forest with, at will, with, you know, never being caught, never being seen, and we're here all the time? We would have seen it. We would have captured it. And what about no bones? You know, what about no fossilized bone fragments? What, yeah. Any of that? 
exactly where where is this thing living where is it eating where's it breathing right you know you go back to politis and his descriptions of people missing mm -hmm. and he's even said he's interviewed some of the the people that had disappeared for a period of time and their younger children and they don't understand um, right where they went but they will tell you oh i was hanging out with this giant ape looking thing and why okay. okay so real quick what sort of um behavioral things do you think that it has like if it's not hurting those children are we looking at something that is you know, nice and fluffy? Are we looking at something that's dangerous? Are we looking at something that's just observing? What are we looking at? Well, I don't think all of the experiences have been nice. I think, like, I don't know, necessarily think it's malevolent. So it's like, um, like, I think, I don't know. Like, it's a good question to ask. Like, what, what is, is it, is this have bad intentions? I mean, mm -hmm things have to live things have to eat but what does it eat what does it live off of? right um is it just mischievous is it and why would it be stealing a kid and why would it be stealing a kid like is is this entity childlike they say i've heard um when you get back into the whole consciousness idea and theory um in order to become um higher consciousness than what we are now you have to drop your ego so they relate it to becoming more childlike you become more elevated more conscious of your surroundings and, and you can interact with it better on a higher level but to reach those higher levels you have to drop things like ego right and what an one of the interesting things what, sorry what are the interesting, have that's the question would it would it what would an animal or a species like that have ego Well, I don't think so. I agree. You look at the, okay, for instance, how many times have you been at home with your dog and he just starts freaking out for no reason? Um, how many times have you been with your child and you've recently lost a loved one and you notice your child is staring off past you and giggling for no reason mm -hmm. and you feel like something's there? So I feel like in order to do what it does, it to some degree has to be on that playing field with kids and, and pets and animals that it can pick up energy. Shift. Yeah, it can it can pick up those vibes and it's really it's interesting to, to wonder and ponder about that type of thing. So okay, what about um how do you think that it is continuing to live in our realm is it mating are there multiples of them what's going on with that well i mean you don't know because if this is a entity that is higher in consciousness than we are or it is able to shift in and out of our reality um what is it doing? What is it interested in us? Is it wonder why we are the way we are? Is it exploring us? Is it playing games to learn how we behave, like just like we're doing with it? Um, 
is this is entity stuck, then right? huh? just huh? stuck maybe it's just stuck here like we are like it has no idea how it's going back and forth but it's just in its own environment maybe it's trying to figure out its own reality and why it is the way it is um but i mean imagine you know on the other side of the mirror that there are all these species that exist you know right concurrent with us you know how are they operating how are they living how are they breathing eating maybe they have a completely different um ecosystem than we do maybe they don't rely on stuff that we rely on right you know so how is it how is it happening you know, that's a great question okay so as far as like globally do you think that a bigfoot could be related to the sightings of like a abominable snowman or um like indigenous tribes seeing something like a Sasquatch or, you know, something over in Europe that they call it something different. Do you think it's possible that this creature is all over the world, but we all just call it something different and it's able to travel through into different environments, but like the ones that we see say in California or in Washington, um, they look the same because of how the environment is versus if you're looking at like an abominable snowman, it has to be more furry or white or whatever. So it can blend into that environment. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, totally you, the human describes things in ways that they can relate to. So that ties into their environment. So wherever they're at, whoever it is, whatever time frame they're operating in, physically, geologically, whatever, they're going to relate it to what they already know. Okay. We're a pretty young species, in my opinion, and we're kind of still getting our feet wet. So we will inherently describe whatever it is we're experiencing with the knowledge that we have inside of us. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you can point back to when we were testing nuclear bombs uh, for the government and we were going into um, islands where the indigenous people had never seen a ship, never seen a boat, never seen a plane. And they're struggling to find ways to explain what it is they're seeing. And they're basically saying that these are gods right. rolling up flying planes that chariots and stuff like that with fires, you know, spitting out of their, you know, noses and stuff. So you explain how you, you understand mm -hmm. it. Um, I totally feel yes. I, I, I would agree that um, these different societies or people are, are looking at kind of the same phenomenon and explaining it in their own way to make um, sense of it all. Yes, completely. Are there any or do you know of any cave drawings or um, references that date back far past um, you know our phase and have documented or have seen anything that looks like this in history I don't know of any I'm, I'm sure that there's there would be some Native American mm -hmm. drawing somewhere I, I wouldn't doubt that at all but I think a lot of it fundamentally is is, is 
spoken word. Okay. Um, a lot of it, uh, the Native Americans have talked about it for years. They've also talked about, you know, star people and how they're close to them and all that right. stuff. I think that's one of our our biggest um, repositories for information that people tend to overlook uh, because they're very tied into the earth. Um, most of our societies have kind of turned away from it and didn't interact with it as much. And, and ego uh, plays a big part because um, I think a lot of the European and, and, and those civilizations um, were more worried about you know the industrial revolution and building things and stuff like that where the Indian was more Native American was more comfortable in their surroundings and they were at, in tune with it so they were able to pull and get this information uh, and maybe live with it people like myself mm -hmm. couldn't right so yeah I think this has been occurring for millennia yeah. I think it's always been there. Okay. Um, is there any other facts or interesting things that you have come across that you wanted to share with us on your I just think, thoughts? Oh, I got some crazy thoughts. All right, ideas. well, let's hear it. Um, I just think um, it's part of a phenomenon. And you're starting to see that word come out a lot. There's a lot of people that are investigating the phenomena, as it were. Um, and what they do is they just look at anomalies, weird things, like anything from Bigfoot to... Um, there was a show that recently came out that we watched that was really interesting, The Hellier, where they are checking out the Kentucky yep. Goblin. Um, you have people like Dr. Stephen Greer who are researching UFOs and... and uh, uh, contacting uh, well, you, Dr. Alan Hynek years ago, Project Blue Book mm -hmm. devised the scale of, of, of interactions with aliens you know, level one, two, three, right. four so um, you're talking about hold on, so you're talking about of, like um, what's it called um, what was that movie, like Close Encounters, Close Encounters. Encounters. Right. Yes. so different levels of encounters with aliens, the first kind kind the third right. kind fourth kind right okay right so the fifth kind is being able to summon them which is something we really haven't heard um, much about until recently is, is pretty yeah. new it, it's it's people don't really gravitate to it because it it takes on an aspect of, of mentality that people aren't really ready okay. for i think but break that down what is it um it's it's consciousness Okay. essentially what it boils down to um and people okay consciousness uh, why are we here what how can we interact with our surroundings the way we do um how can we think memory all this stuff where does it come from okay. um is it some people say it's a soul some people say it's a it's it's a singular conscious that we're all connected to that we all share um, it points to, it's, it's a vast thing, um, but to narrow okay. it down, um, I feel like we possess it and potentially others don't and they want to, perhaps, I don't know, um, 
but these things the the clearer your mind the the less ego you have in your in your day-to-day life okay. the more open you are to experiencing these types of things so if you have less um, ego then you can clear your mind and you can become more open to a higher level of consciousness yes okay. correct and some of the things that occur when you go to have these uh, contacts and i bring up Dr. Stephen Greer, because what he does is he has a process where you can meditate and, okay. and pull these things out. But part of the meditation process is to um, clear your mind, get to that point where you can experience this type of thing. So how does that relate to the fifth um, kind for aliens? So essentially it, it's like, how do I say it without, it's kind of like cleansing yourself. So remove the ego, remove the ego and, and you can enter into their space. So they know that you're not uh, bad. Okay. Essentially. That makes sense. And they'll come and, and they'll come <laughs> say hi. <laughs> okay. But I think it's along the same lines with Bigfoot and all these other things. Like to experience the phenomenon, you need to kind of prepare yourself for it to to occur. Right. But you don't recommend, um, you know, going into the forest and setting yourself up like some of these hunters do and expect a warm and excited greeting if you should happen to run upon something like this, right? Well, I I think if you weren't, prepared for it it would it would definitely shake you to your core i know if i i've never experienced this stuff mm-hmm. myself. Uh, but i tell you what if i did um it would it would fundamentally change who i am and i already believe in it i already wonder about it you know i've always said I'm curious right but you're it. not you're not and, you're not packing stuff up and you're not going to the redwood forest and you know deep in the looking not, for it right yeah yeah. Not yet. Not yet. But who knows, right? Uh, but yeah, no, I think it's so, some have done it, some have documented it where they've done it, and it literally scared right. the shit out of me. And those are like, like they have big, had, you know, old school hunters. We're not talking about just novice. No, no, yeah. The, it, the range of people that have done it is, is, is huge. And, and they've gone and they've had rocks thrown at mm-hmm. them, and, and just they felt things behind them. They smelt it. I heard it. Um, and it literally scares the shit out of them. And they've heard things, yes. And it, it just drives them, it, it freaks them out. Well, I mean, it's not, I mean, listen, it's not our environment to be going into. That's sort of my thing. I mean, you know. Like, right. And you should tread cautiously yeah. wherever you go. And and, it, and all the phenomenons that we experience and, and mess with, you must have a respect for it. And I, I think there are some malevolent things out there that, you know, you attract what you put right. out also so if you're putting out if you're looking for negativity you're going to find negativity but if you stay positive and clear then that's what right right well i personally will probably never go looking for bigfoot because one i don't really like camping well yeah (laughs) and uh two it's sort of like Listen, like if you go swimming in the ocean and you get bit by a shark and you're like, God damn it, I got bit by a shark. Well, what did you expect was going to happen? That's sort of the risk you take. So if it smells like a pizza, it's probably a pizza. Like I'm not going out there. Not yet. 
you know, I'm good. I mean, I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) No, there, there, there's definitely something going on. There's something. Why do you think there's Uh, been a, um, a pickup in the phenomenon right now? Like in the last, you know, like I, you can Google articles right now and, uh, look up Bigfoot and there's a lot of movement from 2019 to right now. So is something going on in this last, you know, little bit of year or has something changed? Is there a, you know, is there something ecologically happening? Like what is going on that there's a, there's a lot of movement going on right now. What's that about? I feel as a society, we're evolving. I feel that um, if the if the consciousness, the the singularity, the hive mind is a real thing, um, we can talk about that later. But I feel that collectively we are elevating our intelligence to a point where we are willing to accept these types of things. So as a whole, because of that, because of our connection, we are all becoming more interested. Okay, so then. Um, okay, we'll get into this deeper later, but okay. With the um, onset of social media, one could say society has been dumbed down, right? Like we are um, no longer of one mind. We're sort of like singular by ourselves, dumbing down. However, we do. Well, yeah. and then I was going to say, however, opening it up to um, have access to more people with more like-minded thoughts do you think that's sort of like the shift yes i feel our willingness to accept it our ability to communicate Mm -hmm. our uh thirst for knowledge um our desire to ask questions that we've never asked before are all coming together now and as a society, a species, uh, we're all getting to that point where we just want to find out what's going on. We want to know what's on the other side right. of the curtain. And I think um, we're fueling each other. We're driving forward and we're, we're like minds are coming together. You, you know, you're like a magnet. You attract what you give off essentially. Like, so you, you will find the right people. Um, synchronicities are also another thing the right things occur at the right time to put you down the right path to find all these things so um, I think all those things combined are pushing us forward but yes there are quite a few out there that are still closed-minded shut down in their own world very um, uh, what I want to say consumed with themselves so they don't see that stuff but I think there is a big shift, a big movement to try and learn these things. And that's all I want to do personally is ask questions and find out. Right. And um, here, really you know, what there. other people with the same thought processes, what we all have to say and what we all think, because I think before, I mean, like we said, back in the eighties, it was sort of, it was really taboo. I think even up until the nineties, partially up into the nineties, it was taboo. Yeah. Well, they were scared. They were scared, like, oh, what is this beast roaming around? And, you know, I'd be scared shitless, too, if someone was banging on my window at 3 o'clock in the morning in the middle of a desert or a forest. But yeah, you know, 
there, there, there's room for fear. But right. when you drop that and go looking for the answers, then that's where the fun stuff right. begins, I think. Okay. Well, we'll keep an eye on this Bigfoot thing. If there's any more developments in it, um, we'll talk about it and uh, keep you guys up to date on it. And um, I don't know. I don't know. Joe, do you have anything else to say about tonight? I just think that, you know, asking questions and, and learning are, are the key here. And like I said, I'm no expert. There are people that are really good at the whole Bigfoot. Right. And there's study. lots of museums, which um, but, I did not know, <laughs> but sprinkled yeah, throughout I mean, the United States. So um, I wouldn't mind taking a look at some of those if I'm out and about and I see one, I would definitely stop in. Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, it's captured, captivated a lot of people. Um, this whole phenomenon is, is, is interesting. Um, but I, you know, go out, find out what's going on, ask your own questions, do your own research. You know, there, there's a lot yeah. of hoaxers out there, so you got to be careful with people, you know, spinning all these. What do you think that is a, if you, if you, what sort of a couple of telltale signs of, that makes you raise your eyebrow and go, yeah, no. That's not true. Honestly, anytime I see someone that walks around with a Bigfoot head, Bigfoot <laughs> fur, you know, I, I question uh -huh. that, honestly, because it just, it, it doesn't seem real. Um, the people that I believe and trust the most are the ones that just can't explain what they right. encountered because it, it, it affected them on a level that they just cannot explain. Those are the ones I take the most credibility right. from um the ones that are walking around with you know oh i got the bigfoot skull here you know that's that's purely designed to be a hoax you know the, the people that capture it mm -hmm. on film no one has ever in in those reliable areas no one's ever experienced what do you think about some of those, uh, an actual that i yeah, know what do you think about some of that footage you've seen those you, you know what i'm talking about the bigfoot caught on tape seeing some stuff going through the forest what do you think about those right. Um, you know, like the one from the seventies, they seem, I, I, I don't, I don't necessarily believe them. Um, but I know, I feel that people have mm -hmm. seen stuff. Um, I don't want to discount what people have seen. Um, but the actual capturing of it, I think it, it's just, I don't know. It, it, it's hard to explain. Uh, one story that came out of Skinwalker Ranch, um, is these people were on a hill or something. I can't remember the exact details, but they were up there scoping out and they literally see like a portal open up, something crawl out of it, and then the portal shut down. Um, so if we're dealing with a type of creature that can do that, um, the whole idea of there being this forgotten chimp running around um, it makes me question that you mm -hmm. know what I mean something that can do this perhaps co come in and out through a vortex or whatever I don't really feel like you're going to capture it on no film. I agree you know especially I mean? coupled with the fact of the story that you shared earlier about the wife that she saw something that was very similar to the look of predator like you're not going to see it why is it not going to cloak itself for all these other people that are just taking footage of it randomly 
Right. And then that would also lend to the fact like right. where are the bones? You know, where where where, right. where are these things? You know, that if if we were seeing bones or if we were seeing fossils or something like that, that would lend more credence to the fact that people are, you know, seeing it on the film. But again, I'm not an expert. I've never been in that forest. If I see something, I'm gonna freak out. But um I one hundred percent believe we are experiencing something and people are encountering things and, and they have a lot of stories and I would love to hear some of those stories but well and what do you think about the people that just strictly want to debunk it I think that's a I think that's a little close-minded I, I would say you need to have healthy skepticism like don't don't take everyone's word for right you know it absolute fact because people's realities are based on what they know and it, it, it could be convoluted mm-hmm. or wrong um but i mean you need to just look at everything like look at the scientific evidence the, right. the testimony the whatever information you can dig up and just look at the whole picture like don't focus in on one thing like a footprint focus in on the whole big picture like these people are experiencing right. something there's something Something's else going on they they feel it. They know it. They experience it. You can't well, discount all that stuff. Something is happening. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like you, I mean, all these different countries, all these different places are all having an experience. It's real. Something's happening. Totally. Well, thanks for joining us tonight. And if you guys have any other questions or you guys have comments, um, you can DM us on our Instagram page. Um, and Or you can um, email us, which our email is on our Instagram page as well. Or you can leave us a message on, um, on here. There's a message feature. So uh, we look forward to hearing from you guys. And uh, we will get back to you on our next topic. And we'll dive into more scary stuff. I don't know. We have lots. So much to talk about. So many options. There's, we're going to be on here for years. All right, you guys. Thanks for listening.